0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's good to be in your home this morning with uh, Refuge Church online. I'm excited about what God is doing because there is so much change that is going on, but not all of it's bad change. I'm excited that I get to be here with Refuge Church and Pastor Dornbach, Sister Dornbach, and their family. They came over the other day, and we had been stuck in the house for a little while, a couple of weeks. I think that's about it. We've been stuck in the house just going out for fast food a little bit, but they came over the other day, and I just, I, I was so excited because I actually got to talk to people. Amen. So uh, it's going to be a little different knowing that there's just a handful of folks in the house today, but. I remember coming into church, and there was only six people, I remember, for many services in the church that I came into, but I would eventually begin to preach, and there would only be a handful full of people there still, but being a handful of people, I would preach like there was thousands. Amen. And I just feel like I'm going to do the same thing today. There may just be a handful of of folks here today, but I believe that this stream can reach thousands of people and bring hope to homes all over this area and every other area. There is families that are liking and sharing, and I'm believing God is going to have a very powerful move of His Spirit, not only here, but in your homes right where you are. Amen. And I just, I don't want to take up too much time, but I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. And I want you to go, if you would, with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. And 2 Kings chapter 4. And I want to start reading at verses 1. And while you're turning there, or they're bringing it up on the screen, uh, once again, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me minister to you. Um, This is a... A crazy time that we're living in. But I believe that God can use this and give us leverage in this time to lead people that we've never been able to lead and reach people that we've never been able to reach. So let's take advantage of this moment and hour that we live in because I believe that God can use it for His glory. Second uh, Kings chapter 4, the Bible says, Now, say it right in your home, say now. That's a transitional phrase. Now as opposed to then. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. Saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, "What?" Shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house. And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. Comma, pause for effect. She said, I don't have anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then, say then, then. He said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out unto all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door. She shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed then She came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and watch. He says, do two things once you sell the oil. He said, I want you to pay the debt and live, thou and thy children of the rest. The rest. Right where you are, I want you to just just say, the rest. The rest. That's why today I'm going to speak to you about the rest of the story. Amen. I believe that all we're going through, it's just a part of the story. But it's not the rest of the story. I believe that God is about to turn the page and He is going to do something in our homes and in our families and in our lives today. So if you would open your heart and if you would sincerity reach out to God right now and ready our minds, our hearts to receive what God would do in our lives right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift our hands and we lift our voices. And we ask, oh God, we ask that Your Word would come alive alive, come alive to each ha- family, each home, oh God I thank you for your word, I pray that it would go forth with confirmation and I pray it would go forth with clarity, and I pray oh God that we can see you like we've never seen you, and I pray that you would touch every mind and bring healing to every home, I rebuke all fear and anxiety and I bind every spirit of witchcraft and antichrist that is in the live streams all over this world, Lord Jesus, I I pray that your faith would be released in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, Amen. I was going to say this before I read my text, but I'm going to say it now. That it was about five years ago, my son, he he celebrated, we celebrated ten years. He's ten years old yesterday, but about five years ago, I was kind of nervous about my son. Because he would spend summers we would be on the road for an entire summer and we would be in church every night experiencing moves of god and god doing the miraculous people coming out of wheelchair blind eyes being opened and my children would sit there and they would they would watch and they would they would watch as, as somebody got out of that wheelchair and they would they would watch as somebody would begin to worship after god had opened a blind eye but then they would Just go back to coloring. But the Lord spoke to me when I was fearful for my my son and my daughter. And He said, What happens in your home will determine what happens in them. Because they have the church services but they needed that consistency from the church service in their home. And we turned our couch into an altar. And it was from a live stream just like this, that a man of God sent me a link. He said, I want you to listen to this. And I began to listen to it. Mom was at prayer meeting with the ladies, and I was sitting there with my family. And as we were sitting there, streaming something into our house, the gift of faith came into our house. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to set out two chairs, and I want you to pray for your children and we started to pray with the gift of faith so real in our home I set the two chairs out put my kids in them I said we're going to clean out our dirty little hearts and we started to clean out our dirty little hearts I'm sorry for things that I've said I've thought I've done and those kids both of them lifted their hands and I laid my hands on my son Nathan and in my home in that chair in our living room he lifted his hands and God filled him with the spirit and he began and to speak with other tongues just like the book of Acts. So I'm a firm believer that if we can channel the Spirit of God into your home and the gift of faith can become just as real, that you can experience God right where you are like you never have. If you believe that right where you are, just like, just say amen, just clap your hands and let your family hear your faith. Amen. I said all that to say this. That Israel, the nation of Israel, many times the house of Israel, they had a rich history. Like Pastor preached so eloquently this last Wednesday about recapping the journey. He, he brought out the fact that Israel's history was so rich with faith and demonstration of God's power and deliverance. With that history that was so rich Now in 2 Kings they had experienced such a change the great prophet Elijah the man who called fire down from heaven why a nation watched has now been taken off the scene by chariots of fire and his mantle and ministry has now been transferred to Elisha his his successor and though the house of Israel has now experienced change you can experience change, but then fail to transition. But just like Israel was experienced such a drastic change, and they had experienced loss, and they were feeling the void, you can experience change just like they experienced change. And I believe that we are. We're experiencing change, but you can experience change, and you can suffer loss, but experiencing change, you can fail. To transition. So in this time that we're experiencing change like they did. The question is not what did we lose. Because knowing with all the change that's happened to us, I mean, literally, like Pastor said, we kind of, in a sense, we lost our job. We travel to church service, to church service, to church, to church. But here's the thing, that when you take away the gathering of people, then therefore we can't go out. So we've lost some things, and, and, but here's the thing. The question is not, what did we lose? The question is, what can we learn? Because Isaiah 30 and 20 says it like this he says and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore but that th- but thine eyes shall see thy teachers and though he says and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction he said sometimes you're going to face things so that your eyes can see your teachers in other words sometimes You'll go through stuff just so you can become teachable. So God can help you to understand things that you've never understood before. My pastor always said it. Though the Lord give you some of these things the Lord allows to happen is so that you can become teachable. So you can see Him like you've never seen Him. And know Him like you've never known Him. There is nothing that will make you more of a student than a storm. But like I said, it's not what did we lose, it's what will we learn. Because Israel, the house of Israel, like I said many times, they have experienced change, but they are struggling to transition. Transition is you learning to walk in the change that has now happened. So they are transitioning, but they are struggling. They want to send search parties out for Elijah because they they, they enjoyed his ministry, but the mantle had been passed and the ministry now is altogether different. And they are looking backward when God is trying to move them forward. Forward. So now one of the first things that elisha encounters is a lady that she has now suffered loss as well she is a bride that has lost her husband and her husband did fear the lord but here's the thing she had suffered loss but now she is left in debt and she is fearing for her children she said that the creditor is coming to take her two bond or to take her sons to be bondmen so she is in between In transition as well. She has lost her husband. She's now in debt. And she is fearing an uncertain future. But it is in the face of that uncertain future. That she comes to the man of God. And says thy servant my husband. What would you have me to do? And then the man of God does something. He turns it back around. And puts the responsibility on her. He said no no no. Not what am I going to do? He says what is in your house? What is in your home? You may have lost some things, but don't get so caught up in what you lost that you don't realize what you have left. There is a valuable pot of oil that you are overlooking. Can I tell you, you may have lost everything. You may have lost your job. Your kids may have walked away. Your marriage gone south. Whatever your situation is right now, can I tell you, don't overlook the fact that the Spirit of God can still be in your home. Hey, 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 hey. My God, I feel the preaching anointing, even over live stream right now. I want you to understand, he was saying, you know what? She was like, she, he said, what do you have in your house? And she said, I hath not anything. Then she remembered. Because she was so caught up in her loss, she said, I hath not anything. I don't have anything left, save a pot of oil. And he says, good, good, good. But watch what he does. Watch is watch what happens. He says, he says, Good. Now go borrow the vessels from all your neighbors. Now I, I, I think if you look at this just face value, that's bad advice. Because she's already in debt and the man of God wants her to go borrow vessels from her neighbor. Do you hear what he's saying? I mean, Dave, Dave Ramsey would not be pleased with this advice. She is already head, uh, over her head in debt because of she, she already lived off of somebody else's living. She is in debt and now he says go borrow some more. But there's something to be learned here. Because what God, I believe, was trying to do in the midst of her situation was trying to get her to do the same thing with the different attitude. They had already borrowed, but when they borrowed the first time, it was for a consumer mentality to light her house. But then when he says, go borrow again, I believe Elisha was trying to change, listen, to change her attitude towards the oil. He said, go borrow. Borrow the vessels, then borrow not for you, but go borrow empty vessels. See, he was trying, here's what I believe God is trying to do here and now. He is trying to put the emphasis on that which is empty instead of trying to put the focus on that which is full. Let me, let, me, let me say it like this. What God is trying to do is trying to change our attitude towards the oil. The oil is symbolic of the Spirit of God. Our consumer mentality that has crept into Christianity where it's just about the Spirit of God ministering to me and moving on me he said no you got to borrow well we're already in debt no this time you're borrowing but you're borrowing with the intent of not consuming the oil but that you can invest the oil that you have left so you can take what spirit you have left in your home and you can let your neighbor be filled he said you go borrow empty because in this next season we've got to put the emphasis on those that are empty and those that don't have what we have it's not about us and what we've lost but we've got to learn to minister and put the emphasis on empty he said set aside that which is full I believe he was saying that we've got to put the focus on those that are already filled to the side so that those that don't have what we have can experience that same spirit that we have Have experienced. Amen. I think this would be a good time. Just stop and thank God. Father we thank you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because what had happened in Israel. A consumer culture had been creeping in to their nation. And I want you to understand that that God is trying to change our attitude towards the oil. That, that it's not about us anymore, that it's it's about reaching those that are empty and have needs that need to be met. Because if you look at Acts chapter 28, you find Paul. Paul go is going through a storm. But he is not excluded or segregated from the same storm that everybody else is going through. He's going through the same storm with him. But the thing that separates Paul from everybody else is not that he is not going through the storm. It's the fact that he's going through the storm with everybody else. But he has a different response to the same storm that everyone was facing. Acts chapter 28. Watch now. Acts chapter 28 in verse 2. The Bible says that the barbarians, they kindled a fire. It says, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness for they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. They were all going through the same storm. Paul his response was different than everybody else and I just want to say this that it is the storm that causes leaders to emerge watch what happens because while there was a kindling of a fire because of the present rain and because of the cold they made that fire but while that fire is cooking the Bible says and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand why did the viper fasten pastor on his hand and nobody else is because Paul's approach to the fire was different. They were facing the same storm but a different response to the same fire. Watch. The reason why the the viper attacked Paul and nobody else was because that that viper knows, or let me just say it like this. The devil knows that the, the Bible says in Proverbs, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. Watch everybody's response in the same storm. They are, they are taking from the fire. They are, they are getting comfort from the fire. But Paul comes, not just trying to get comfort and take from the fire. Paul comes with a bundle of sticks, and he said, I'm not just looking for comfort in the midst of my storm, but I want there to be light to where a people to sit in darkness. So he comes and wants to add to the fire. And that's what I'm saying is that when we come back to the house of God, and we will, that we've got to have a divine adjustment in our attitude towards the oil or towards the fire. We're not just coming to church to receive fire from the fire just to feel comfort and warmth in the midst of the storm that everybody's facing but this storm is going to cause somebody to raise up as a leader and say I'm not coming just to receive from the fire but I want to add something to the fire I'm not just going to try to be comforted in the rain but I'm going to pray like I've never prayed I'm going to fast like I've never fasted I'm going to worship and give like I've never worshipped and like I've never given before before. That's what God wants in the midst of the same storm. That's why we're not excluded from what's going on in a nation. Hallelujah. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God. So what God is doing with this woman, her story had loss, her story had uncertainty, but Elisha said, No, you go borrow some vessels. Well, we've already borrowed. But he said, no, I want you to borrow, not for you to have more oil for you, but I want you to go borrow empty vessels so you can make an investment of what you have. Because God wants you to realize that you have more to offer than you understand. You might be the only one in your home, but you have what you have, and you can invest what you have. And then he says to her, once she borrowed all these vessels and the empty vessels and set aside that which is full, here's what he says. He says, now... When you get all those vessels and the emphasis is placed on empty. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to shut the door on you and your sons. See, the rest of her story hinges, pun intended. There's nobody here really to laugh, I guess. But the rest of her story hinges upon her shutting a door. He asked her, you've got to shut the door before you ever see that outpouring in your home. And God multiplies what you have to reach those that have never been reached. He said, first you've got to shut the door. And when you shut the door, this is first a declarative action. There's two reasons I'm going to talk about, but the first reason he told her to shut the door, it was a declarative action where he was saying, listen, if you're going to experience the rest of your story and see God do in your life what he intends to do, he said, you've got to shut the door. And take responsibility back for your now and your next. See, you can't help what you lost and you can't help what's already happened, but you can respond properly to it and see God's perfect will done in your life. That's what he's saying. He would say, why did he say that? Because watch how the woman responded. Watch how that woman responded to her situation. She came to the man of God. And coming to the man of God, she said, thy servant, my husband. Notice what she put first she took her situation, her loss, her uncertainty, and she took it to somebody else and said what are you going to do about it? She took it even to the man of God and said thy servant, my husband. And she put the primary responsibility for her situation and her uncertainty in somebody else's hands. But when he said shut the door he said no, what happens in your now and in your next, what happens in your home, it's going to be up to you. It's not out, up to some outside source. And I'm telling somebody right where you are. You need to shut the door and take responsibility back for your future. It may seem uncertain now but you've got to say what happens in my life is going to be determined by what happens in my house. It's not going to be determined by some external force so I'm shutting the door because my future is not up to government. My future is not up to the CDC. My future is not up to politicians which ones we vote in or which ones we vote out. No, my future is going to be determined by what happens in my house with my future because I'm going to shut the door. I'm taking responsibility back. It's nobody else's fault. It's not my upbringing. It's not my parentage. It's not the abuse. It's not the bad decisions. I'm making another decision, and I'm making a declarative action by saying, listen, I'm going to shut the door. That's why I said the rest of your story is going to be determined or it hinges upon the shutting of a door. He said before you ever begin to pour out oil, you have to shut the door because it's not just you taking responsibility back for your future. Because listen, things out there won't determine what happens in here. But what's in here determines what's going to happen in here. So the second thing is, is not only you have to shut the door to take responsibility back, but you also now have to shut the door to protect what God is about to pour out. Because that oil, that spirit of God is so precious that he did not want outside sources to compromise what God was about to do internally in that house. So what I'm saying right now is that we cannot allow external things To compromise what God is trying to do internally with us. We cannot allow our situations outside of us. To get on the inside and compromise what God is trying to do. And trying to teach. What he's trying to show us. We've got to shut the door. And we say no, no, no. Fear, you've got to stay out there. We Anxiety, you've got to stay out there. Because I'm not going to allow what's going on out there. To compromise what God is doing in here. See. Luke chapter 8, verse 23. If you'll go there, I'll show you a little closer. Uh, We'll go into this a little bit more. Jesus was taking his disciples somewhere, trying to teach them something. But the Bible says this, But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Notice what that said. Keep in mind, Jesus is always taking his disciples. He's taking them somewhere, trying to teach them something. So they are transitioning from one place to another. But in the in-between, they experience a storm, kind of like where we are right now. And the Bible said there came a storm down upon the lake. But watch what it says. Sister Dornbach, it says, and they were filled with water. And were in jeopardy. It does not say that the boat was filled with water. It says that they we're filled with water. Can I tell you right now, we can begin to experience things like Jesus is trying to teach us things and take us places. We can begin to experience storms, but watch what happens. They were filled. That tells me that you can go through things, and you can start to take the things that you're facing personal, and you can begin to internalize the waves that you're facing, and you can take the storm personal, and you can be even offended at God, offended at why this had to happen or that had to happen, and you You begin to internalize the waves that He's allowed you to face. But hear me, when you allow yourself to take the storms personal, you begin to put the rest of your story in jeopardy. So that while we are going through this, while there may be loss of job, while there may be financial pressures and anxiety and fear, I refuse to internalize the waves that I am facing. I refuse to take this storm personal and allow it to drown me while it will deliver others. And it's going to drown me? No, I don't think so. I refuse to internalize the waves. And I refuse to be drowned by what God has sent to deliver me with. Because when you begin to internalize the waves. You compromise the rest of the story. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's another story in the Bible. Where Jesus comes walking on the water in the darkest part of the night. And the waves are at their, at their peak. And Jesus is seemingly separated from his disciples. They're sailing in the boat by themselves all alone now. And Jesus is up in the mountain watching them go through what they are going through. His eye has never left there, his eye has never been taken off of them, but he is seemingly separated from him in their situation, the storm that they're going through. But watch, all of a sudden, in the darkest part of the night, here comes Jesus. I hope you can follow. Can I come down here? Just kind of come to, I'm going to walk towards the camera. Follow me now. And Jesus comes walking on the water. Watch what he does. He comes walking on the water. He comes walking on the waves. And you know what Jesus was doing for his disciples? He was making a point that it does not matter. Oh, there we go. It does not matter what you are facing. Jesus comes walking on the water and says it doesn't matter what you're facing. It may be the highest waves you've ever faced and the best, worst storm you've ever But he's saying that it doesn't no matter what you're facing, it's still under my feet. It may seem out of control, but it's still under his feet. And I want somebody to know it doesn't matter how bad the storm is. The Bible says in Isaiah 66 and 1, it says that the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. That means it doesn't matter what you're going through down here. It's still underneath his feet. It doesn't matter the pain. It doesn't matter the fear and the anxiety. It's under his feet. Oh, hallelujah. Just stop right now and just thank Him that it's under His feet. It may be out of our control, but it's not out of His control. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. I didn't even read the rest of that scripture. Look at that. And and thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of mine? Rest, the rest of the story. When you realize it doesn't matter what I'm, what's going on around me, it's all under him and under his feet. But then Peter, watch what Peter says, and I'm, I'm, I'm about done, so watch this. Peter says, he's afraid, but he says, Jesus, if it's really you, bid me come. And Jesus says, Come. And here's where God wants you to walk. He wants you to be in a place where you can put under your feet what He's already put under His. That's the rest of our story. Our story did have waves. Our story did have wind. Our story did have loss, and it did have pain. It had fear and anxiety, but the rest of the story is that you are about to put under your feet what Jesus has already put under his. So you need to stand up in your home, your living room, right where you are, and put your foot down and say, yes, COVID-19 is real, but I put it under my feet feed. Yes, I may be in financial stress, but it's under my feet. Amen. 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 I'm sorry. I just get excited. So I yell when I get excited. But that's what I want you to understand. That we've got to shut the door and we've got to we've we've got to take responsibility back for our now and our next, our future, although seemingly uncertain, if we can just close the door. And if you give me just a moment, I'm going to tell you two stories. And then we're going to pray. The first story is this. You've got to shut the door. But I remember when God started showing me this. That we've got to make internal decisions in spite of external decisions circumstances that's shutting the door but i remember when i went and i preached a revival it was a while ago I, and i was three night revival and i had preached till i was absolutely exhausted and at the end of that revival i just literally had poured out myself and tried to minister as best as i knew how by the spirit of god but then after those 3 days i went back to my hotel room and in my hotel room I laid down to rest. But when I went to lay down, it was in the Twin City, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And when I went to lay down, I began to wrestle with fear. And I began to wrestle with anxiety. So bad. But when I came in and laid down, wrestling with that fear and all that anxiety, the Lord spoke to me, get up and shut the door. I said, what do you mean, God? It's a hotel room. The door's shut automatically. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm sitting there and I'm wrestling. I'm turning back and forth, doing this and that. Like, what, what do you mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And for three hours, I, I, was, I was exhausted, but I could not rest. And I feel like that's where a lot of us are, that we're exhausted, we're wore out, we're weary with all of the media, with all of the, all the, the coverage and everything that we have, to, we have to be concerned with germs, and, we, and we're, we're more uh, aware of things than we've ever been, and it is exhausting us, and we are exhausted, but seemingly we can't find rest. So there I was laying fear and anxiety, wrestling with all of it. But then the Lord spoke to me again, said, get up and shut the door. And I said, no, I already saw it shut. So I went back to wrestling. But then he said at about 3 o'clock or in the morning, he said, Ryan, get up and shut the door. And I finally said, okay. And I walked over to that door and that see how convenient. I walked over to that door and I said, I just touched it. And I heard a, click and the lord spoke to me he said the door was closed but it wasn't shut and i feel like many of us have dealt with fear and we've made decisions we've closed the door on past seasons we've 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 to some degree sh- turned the page but i feel like many of our situations that we've Allowed the door to close. But it's not shut. And what God wants to do in your home today and in your heart. You've forgiven people. You've dealt with fear. You've dealt with the anxiety. But God wants you to touch it one more time. And he wants you to touch it till you can in that sp- in the spirit hear that click. And you realize, alright, the page is turned. And I'm ready for the rest of the story. Because there's a thing... It's called watertight integrity. The U.S. Navy will teach you, and musicians, you can come play something because we're going to worship. It's called watertight integrity. I'm sorry, I lied. I told two stories. I I said two stories. I'm going to tell you three because watertight integrity. It's a concept that the U.S. Navy, they use when they build their ships. Because watertight integrity, what it is, is they build the ship for war in mind. And they realize that we've got to build the ship with compartments. And in those compartments, what we have to do is, when you have watertight integrity for battles, battle stations, you have to have these compartments with each one of these doors. What watertight integrity is, is when you walk through one compartment, and you walk through one door before you can open the next door, you have to shut the door, you just walk through. Lest if you get in battle, that ship gets struck, and what happened in that compartment floods into this compartment, and the water begins to flood into the future compartments. So, what watertight integrity is, is simply you must first shut the doors behind you before God can open the doors ahead of you because what, ahead, what is ahead of you is too valuable it's too important so he will refuse to open the doors ahead of you until you first shut the doors behind you and I feel that's what God is asking of us today he's saying yes there are things that I have for your future there are things that I have for your family your home but before I open those doors ahead of you I want you to take a moment and pause See, that's where we are. We're at that prophetic pause where God is saying, stop, wait a minute, slow down. Just turn around a second. And just shut the door behind you. So I can open the doors ahead of you. But really, what does that look like? That looks like I want to bring up a picture for you. You got that picture you can bring up. I'm going to introduce you to somebody. This is Crystal. She was a 14-year-old girl in our youth group where I used to be the youth pastor. And Crystal, in her upbringing, there was a lot of drugs, abuse, a non-existent mother, a father that had left, being raised by her grandmother, but her grandmother was on drugs as well. And she was literally raising, as a 14-year-old, raising her little brother and her little sister, trying to go to school but would eventually have to drop out. Now, Crystal, her story had a lot of abuse. It had a lot of pain. It had a lot of loss. But Crystal had never been to a church. She'd never been to a church building. She'd never been to a church service. But God was about to turn the page and allow her to experience the rest of her story. But when she was connected with us, she had never been to a church. Like I said, never been to a church service. But one night, a Friday night, she came to our youth group and we were just hanging around. We were just sitting around talking. And it's like as we were just talking and having fun, all of a sudden the atmosphere shifted, and God put the emphasis on empty and the Spirit of God began to move in and amongst our young people as we were just laughing we were enjoying each other's company the Spirit of God that we were all full of began to move into that spirit, into that place and little Crystal that had never been to a church service she'd never felt the love of God she'd never felt the Spirit begin to move on her before but in that, that living room just like where you are sitting right now the Spirit of God began to move on Crystal she began to cry because She had never felt anything like it before. But our youth group, we'd become so accustomed to it. We'd become so familiar with it that we seemingly almost took it for granted. But when she first felt it, she began to weep and cry. What is this? And we began to explain to Crystal that this is the love of God. This is the Spirit of God. And in that living room, she said, I want it. And that youth group began to pray for Crystal, and Crystal began to make some very, very, uh, uh, very big decisions for her life. And she decided that day that I don't want to live like my parents lived. I don't want to be identified by my abuse and my past. I don't. Want... And she repented of her sins. And right there in that living room, hear me, hear me, Refuge Church, and all that are watching, Crystal. She shut the door and in that living room lifted her hands and God filled her with His Spirit. And she began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit filled her. Hear me right where you are. Some of you may have never felt the Spirit of God, nor felt His comfort, nor His love. But God is focusing in on you right now. He is focusing on your kids. If you're listening, I want you to stand to your feet right now, right where you are. I want you to gather your kids right next to you. And just like God filled crystal with the Holy Ghost there in that house... God is going to move on you in yours. Lift your hands right now, and I want you to lift your hands and bow your head, and I want to pray, God, a prayer of repentance. God, we're making decisions right now. Somebody with your hands lifted in your voice, I want you to say, God, I want to shut that door. Father, forgive me for the things that I've done. Father, forgive me for the things that are in my past, Lord God, the decisions that I've made, but Lord, I want to finish the things that I could not control. I want to put an end to those things that I had no control over. I'm shutting the door. I'm forgiving the people in my past, those that hurt me right now. Come on, in your home, begin to pray. The Spirit of God is moving, streaming into your home, into your life. Just ask Him, God, I want to shut the door. Help me to shut the door. Now, if you're listening, when you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God moving and working on the inside of you, I want you to lift your hands right now. If you've got kids in your home, children that have not yet received the Holy Ghost, I want you to lay your hands on them, and I want you to pour out right now on them, God, your Spirit. Receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost I release the gift of faith This is a new day He's turning the page It's the rest of the story Starts now This is the beginning of the rest of your story. In the name of Jesus. Somebody's getting the Holy Ghost right now. I can feel it. Somebody, you might be receiving healing. Somebody, I want you to put fear and anxiety under your feet where it belongs. Hey. begin to worship in your home right now. That's it. Worship right where you are. Come on, open your mouth. Articulate your faith and let the words begin to flow out of you like a river. Let it begin to flow out
1: of you.